RTHK, the news at one with Ben Che. The headlines, mainland authorities described last year's economic progress as very impressive and achieved despite a turbulent external financial environment. A China analyst warns that the central government faces challenges in achieving the 5% economic growth target this year. And authorities in Greece detain a station master for his alleged role in a train crash that killed at least 57 people last Tuesday. Mainland authorities have described last year's economic progress as very impressive in the face of a turbulent external financial environment. The National Development and Reform Commission, or NDRC, says the growth momentum is in line with Premier Li Keqiang's projection of a 5% growth in 2023. Aaron Tam reports. A vice chairman of the NDRC, Zhao Chenxin, told a press conference in Beijing during the ongoing NPC session that the nation's GDP in 2022 had reached a new level. He was commenting on the 3% growth year-on-year to over 120 trillion yuan, describing it as equivalent to the annual GDP increase of a medium-sized country. Mr. Zhao said the recovery of people and goods mobility is speeding up and that other economic metrics have been stable. Against the backdrop of a 40-year high of global inflation, China's prices have been stable. The year-round CPI growth was 2% only. 12.06 million new urban jobs were created, exceeding our target for 2022. GDP, CPI, employment, and international payments are the most important indicators. So if we look at those indicators, China has been very outstanding. His comments come as some analysts voiced concern that it may be difficult for the country to reach the projected 5% GDP growth for 2023 as the country emerges from the pandemic. But Mr. Zhao said that growth target is in line with current economic momentum, adding that the country will tackle risks related to property finance and local government debt. Another vice chairman of the state planner, Li Chen Lin, told the same briefing that consumption is expected to be the main driver of the nation's economic growth this year. He said some major indicators are likely to pick up gradually in the first half of the year and that the NDRC will introduce policies to boost demand. Meanwhile, China analyst Mark O'Neill said achieving the 5% target this year would be a challenge, noting that retail sales were down and the property sector was struggling. Now, as we know, the government is, wants to stop the property bubble. There, is, there are huge uh, ghost cities all over China, especially in, in third and fourth tier cities, and uh, the government wants to stop that. But the property sector is up to 30% of GDP for the last 10 years. So the government has a very difficult balancing act to stimulate the property sector, uh, persuade people to buy homes, but uh, not to return to this debt-funded boom that we had before. Mr. O'Neill said exports were also a concern. Last year, China had a very good year for the first nine months of exports, but from October, uh, the export started to export growth started to slow. And as you know, uh, its main uh, markets are the U.S., Europe, Japan, and growth in these markets is is 
is weak. Meanwhile, security has been stepped up for the National People's Congress session in Beijing. In addition to more ID card checks from police, the event is also taking place in a closed-loop system, with attendees required to take PCR tests, undergo hotel quarantine, and wear masks. Kelly Yu described the security situation. As for the overall security,、uh, it's, it's been stepped up, especially during the opening of the two sessions over the weekend. We're seeing that police tents have been set up along bridges and streets, and officers are checking people's ID cards and permits. Turning overseas now, the authorities in Greece have detained a station master for his alleged role in a train crash that killed at least 57 people last Tuesday. The man, who can't legally be named, has been charged with disrupting transport and putting lives at risk. His lawyer said the man was devastated. The tragedy has sparked widespread anger. Antti Karasava is a Greek journalist. Anger and frustration is building up here. You know how many more tragedies must Greeks face before the system and before the state actually does its work? Greece's railway system and organization is one of the most corrupt organizations and companies and enterprises which the government has, and it has yet to deliver. On safety regulations and has not performed as it should be performing. South Korea has announced plans to try to end a bitter dispute with Japan about the use of forced wartime labor. Seoul had hoped to raise money for directly for direct victims from Japanese companies, but it's now setting up its own public compensation fund instead. The BBC's Jean McKenzie has more. Relations between Seoul and Tokyo have been marred for decades by issues stemming from Japan's colonization of Korea. This is one of the final sticking points. In 2018, South Korea's Supreme Court ordered Japanese companies to compensate 15 victims of forced labor, but the companies refused. Now Seoul has agreed that South Korean companies will foot the bill. The victims and their families had wanted Japan to pay, but still, this is a diplomatic success. The deal should allow the neighboring countries to overcome a huge obstacle in their relationship. Current and former Twitter staff have told the BBC the company is no longer able to protect users from online abuse, state-coordinated disinformation, and child sexual exploitation. A former senior designer, Lisa Jennings Young, says her entire team, which had worked to keep users safe, has been sacked. A current employee, who asked to remain anonymous, said job losses had increased risk. It's like a building where all the pieces are on fire. When you look at it from the outside, the facade looks fine, but I can see that nothing is working. Now, a totally new person without the expertise is doing what used to be done by more than 20 people. Well, that leaves room for much more risk, many more possibilities of things that can go wrong. Twitter and Elon Musk have not responded to the allegations. President Biden is in the city of Selma in Alabama to mark the 58th anniversary of what's known as Bloody Sunday, when police beat peaceful protesters who were marching to demand voting rights for African Americans. The violence shocked the country and led to Congress introducing new legislation. Mr. Biden told his audience everyone should learn about events at Selma. With unflinching courage, foot soldiers for March for Justice marched. Through the valley of the shadow of death, and they feared no evil. 
the forces of hate conspired to demise, but they endured. Mr. Biden called for Congress to pass legislation to strengthen voting in the U.S. Selma is a reckoning. The right to vote, the right to vote, to have your vote counted, is the threshold of democracy and liberty. With it, anything's possible. Without it, without that right, nothing is possible. And this fundamental right remains under assault. Thousands of Venezuelans have attended events and rallies to commemorate 10 years since the death of the socialist president Hugo Chavez. He held office from 1999 until his death from cancer in 2013. The BBC's Will Grant reports. Top government figures attended the main event in Caracas, as well as international allies such as the former Bolivian leader Evo Morales and a high-level delegation from Cuba led by Raúl Castro. The two socialist nations, Cuba and Venezuela, remain close allies. A relationship first established under Mr. Chavez and the late Cuban leader Fidel Castro. During his decade and a half in power, Hugo Chavez was able to not only fund poverty reduction programs at home, but also prop up the ailing Cuban Revolution with his oil largesse. Under his successor Nicolas Maduro, though, the economic outlook has been much bleaker. German cabinet ministers have gathered at a castle outside Berlin for a two-day policy meeting that's expected to discuss the war in Ukraine, climate change, and the digital society. The Chancellor Olaf Scholz said Germany should be confident about modernizing to be a successful low-carbon exporting country with well-paid jobs. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen is also attending. Mr. Scholz said she would discuss how to create a geopolitical. Self-assured Europe. Estonia's general election has ended with a clear victory for the Prime Minister's party, Kaja Kallas, a centre-right politician who's a staunch ally of Ukraine, said she was in a strong position to lead a new coalition. I hope that they have seen that I've done a good work and, and they can um, trust the country in my hands,、uh, so that I could lead the next four. Four years to put together a government. So、um, personally, I thank all the voters that have trusted us, and、uh, and me personally, this means a great deal to me. The Cuban, the Cuban aviation authorities say a passenger plane en route to the United States had to return to Havana after a bird strike reportedly caused an engine to catch fire. The Southwest Airlines flight was bound for Fort Lauderdale when flocks of birds hit the engine and the aircraft's nose. The Japanese Coast Guard is searching for seven people whose boat capsized at sea. Japanese media say nearly all the missing crew are Indonesian nationals. Patrol ships and helicopters have been taking part in the search. To sports now, and we start in the English Premier League, where Liverpool smashed their bitter rivals. Liverpool destroyed Manchester United 7-0 at Anfield. The hosts led 1-0 at the break. In the second half, Mo Salah scored twice to become the Reds' all-time top scorer in the Premier League. Cody Gakpo grabbed his second of the game. Darwin Nunez also scored twice before that seventh goal from fan favorite Roberto Firmino. Jurgen Klopp's side are fifth in the table, three points behind Tottenham for the final Champions League place, and Liverpool have a game. In hand. We need a performance. 
and we need three points. The result we take, but um, the performance is super important because so many games to come, and we, I think everybody sees now. We changed. We we we, are, we look more like like ourselves again, and that's very important because so many games to come, and um, we have to keep going. Manchester United experienced experience was their experience what was their worst defeat in any match since 1931. Here is the manager Eric Ten Hag. Uh, it was not our standards. Um, we didn't play as a team. There were 11 players on the pitch, but that uh, not um, cope together. And yeah, then you get this. That's uh, unprofessional. Are you angry about it? About that second half performance? Yes, definitely. I, I, I'm surprised because I, I have seen the last weeks, months, uh, team what is resilient, what is determined, uh, what is really had a winning attitude. Uh, second half, we hadn't a winning attitude at all. In the earlier game, Everton missed a chance to move out of the relegation zone after the host Nottingham Forest fought back twice to make it a two-all draw. In Spain, Barcelona have opened a nine-point advantage at the top of La Liga. The BBC's Andy Barwell rounds up the results. Barcelona's lead at the top of the table stands at nine points after today's action. Barcelona had to cling on with ten men to beat relegation-threatened Valencia 1-0 at Camp Nou. Rafinha's first-half header put them in front. Farin Torres missed a penalty, while in the late kickoff game, Real Madrid were held to a goalless draw at Real Betis. Real Valladolid defeated Espanyol 2-1, and it was goalless in the game between Raya Vallecano and Athletic Bilbao. Max Verstappen started his Formula One title defense with victory in the season-opening Bahrain Grand Prix. The Red Bull driver led the race from start to finish. It was watched by the BBC's Jack Nichols. Verstappen absolutely dominated the Grand Prix, pulling away in the early stages and never looking back. There was an interesting fight on for second with Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc, but that died when Leclerc's Ferrari did, coming out of turn 13, meaning he didn't get to the end of the race. So the star was Fernando Alonso. He started fifth, got hit by his teammate and dropped back to eighth, but managed some audacious moves on Hamilton and Sainz to come through and finish in third position, only his fourth podium in the last decade. But the pace at the front for Verstappen looks ominous. And the weather forecast for this afternoon and tonight, fine, very dry and warm this afternoon with moderate easterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook, mainly fine in the next few days. Visibility will be relatively low from midweek and it will be rather warm during the day. Currently 23 degrees Celsius to humidity 29%. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen in here? You got you to gotta ask me. Yeah, I'm going to the party. Why am I going to make friends? I need a love bar. Everybody's looking for somebody, for somebody to take home. I'm not the exception, I'm a blessing of a body to love. Tonight, come by me and drop a line. Put your aura into mine. Don't be scared if you like it. I could fill you up with life. I could ease your appetite. No, you've never been this high. Don't be scared if you like it. Cause I'm not here to make friends. No, I'm not here 
Sam Smith, Calvin Harris, Jesse Riaz, and I'm not here. Good afternoon, Monday, beautiful day. Last bit of today's brew with me, Phil Whelan, popping off to Ho Chi Minh City very shortly. About five or six minutes to say hi to our bureau chief at large. That is Neil Runciman. He's got some stories of beauty queens and uh, a new president and stuff. This is Billy Idol. Yeah! 